1: hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of the resiliency and running podcast my name is liz and i will be your host i'm so excited for today's episode because we are bringing on katya the founder of stolt running you may have seen the backpacks around london they're very popular but she's got an incredible story so just sit back and relax and we'll just jump right into the episode All right. I am so excited about today's guest. She is the founder of Stolt. If you live in the UK and just around the world, you've probably seen the brand. It's a very, very cool brand, and we're going to learn more about it, but we're also going to learn a lot more about the founder. She's incredible. She runs marathons, triathlons. I think the list goes on, but I'm going to hand it over to her to properly introduce herself. This is Katya, the founder of Stolt.
0: Thanks, Liz. Um, thank you for having me on the podcast, first of all. Um, it's great to be here. Um, so, yeah, my name is Katia, Katia Takala. Um, I'm originally from Finland, so that's, you know, where I'm from and where the accent is from, if people wonder. Um, I've been in the UK for the past 12 years, so I guess I'm I'm a Londoner. <laughs> um, and uh, And I'm a lifelong runner. I mean, I come from a family of runners, so, uh, you know, my dad is a old school distance runner and, and running has always been part of my life since, you know, since I was born, I guess. Um, and, uh, yeah, now I live in London with my family. So I have two little children, two and three years old, which is hard work, um, but also fun. And. I'm the founder of Stolt Running. Um, Stolt, as you said, is, is a London-based um, uh, endurance running brand. And we've been going since 2018. So five years now, which is really exciting. But yeah, that's me in a nutshell.
1: That's amazing. Awesome. And I want to hear more in, in terms of, I think you said in our notes, you can't remember, you don't know the actual number of marathons that you've run. Is that true?
0: Yeah. I mean, so I think when it comes to my running, so as I said, it's always been part of my life. So when people ask me, when did I start running? It's really difficult for me to say because so in my childhood, we would just go out for a run, you know, with the family, with my dad, um, you know, just by myself. and And in that sense, I've always been a runner. I think my first marathon um, was sort of like official marathon as in, you know, a race. It was probably in 2016 in Stockholm. And after that, I've done Stockholm a few times. I've done Budapest, Paris, Valencia, uh, Barcelona. So the list goes on. So I've been sort of like doing marathons just because I love the events. I love, you know, a good good marathon event, everything that goes around, you know, the cheering and the preparation and everything about it. And so I've sort of like been hooked. And uh, yeah, currently I'm training for um, Seville next year, which is quite exciting.
1: Yeah. And that's coming up pretty soon too, huh? How do you find in terms of, I mean, you're, you do so much, you are a business owner, you are a mother, you run so many marathons that you basically got on a European tour. (laughs) (laughs) um how do you how do you do it all and how do you find time to get that training in
0: I don't know that's the question I mean you know if someone has an answer to me then that would be fantastic I mean honestly and I say it is to everyone because people might you know people might see you do it all and they go like wow that's amazing but in reality I think a lot of you know, working parents, maybe specifically working mums, they know that, you know, something's got to give. So I mean, you can't just be perfect and do everything perfectly. So it it is a balancing act for sure. I mean, there are things that I would like to, and I would love to do more of, which is sort of like, you know, the social aspect of running. So I would love to go to Run clubs, running with my friends, the social gatherings, especially, you know, as you know, London is an amazing, amazing place for that because you've got so many, you know, community runs going on and, and everything. And I would love to go to all of them. But in reality, that's the one thing that I I just can't do that. Um, because for me, it's really you know, my day-to-day work, which is the business that I run and, and working with our little team and, and getting all that done during the sort of working hours. And then it's the family, you know, it's, you know, the kids getting them, you know, picking picking them up from school, obviously, you know, playing with them, bathing them, feeding them, everything that goes around that. Um, and then it's my own training. And literally with my marathon and triathlon training, you just have to fit it in. I mean, I go either super early in the morning or super late in the evening, or then I try and squeeze in like a lunchtime session. It's never perfect. So I think, you know, before having a young family, I feel that I had much more time to plan my training, uh, plan my nutrition, recover. (laughs) I mean, I think, you know, parents would probably agree with me that recovery currently is just a joke. I mean, when people say to me that you should recover better, I'm like, how do you do that? (laughs) <laughs> you know, I mean, I would be lucky if I got like eight hours of sleep, um, you know, uninterrupted sleep at some point. I think that would be a a, a massive win for me. But so I think you just do, you, you just make it work and you just show up and you do what you can, basically. Mm. And what
1: when you talk about coming from a family of runners, I find that so interesting because I feel like myself, like many people who sort of like in the London community, especially with the, all of these run clubs, a lot of people I find that I've met, we've all started running during the pandemic, which, you know, when no one really had anything to do at home. But you coming from a family of runners, was that like your parents were runners? Were they... You know, were they also running marathons? Tell me more about that.
0: Yeah, so I so specifically my dad and the sort of like um, my dad's side of the family. Them like my dad's sister is a marathon runner as well, but my dad is a marathon runner. I mean, he's done I don't know how many marathons, and he's still running marathons in his late sixties now. Wow! Um, so he's definitely still a runner. I think there are <laughs> there are different sides to that because in a way you could think that oh that's amazing she's sort of like you know grown up at but she's been part of the running, I guess, industry or community or whatever that is, the running, the sports, since you know early childhood which is true but I think there is an element of how should I put this Um, so my family is quite competitive so I think especially with my dad (laughs) it's a lot about what's your marathon time how fast did you run why wasn't Mm. why weren't you any faster which is um, maybe something that I'm not focused on at the moment so for me it's much more about the enjoyment of running the enjoyment of the events and of course I've got my personal you know goals and targets in mind uh, but I think just because you come from that background there's sometimes and this might be just me so sort of like how I how I feel about it but there is the sort of expectation <laughs> that uh, you know because you've been around runners and you've been running for such a long time that you sort of should be at a certain level I, I don't know if that makes sense but I'm sort of like trying to put that aside and um, because I also feel that when it comes to running, I guess any sports, but now specifically running, you go through different stages in your life and and things change and running mm. changes as well. In yeah. a way, running has always been part of my life, but in very different ways. Um, in my early childhood, it was always a hobby. It was always recreational. It was always just something that you did for, you know, general fitness or headspace or whatever. You just went out for a run. Then I think there is in my sort of like <laughs> life cycle, there is the second stage, which was my sort of 20s and early 30s. Um, I'm old, so, <laughs> uh, so 20s and early 30s, which is when I had a corporate Um, career and corporate job and I guess ironically that that was a time when I became more competitive in my running and started to do races and marathons and those kind of things and the challenge there was really how do you fit in the training when you work you know nine to five or or whatever that is but an office-based job and we can speak about that but that that was sort of like starting point for Stolt as well and then I think now I'm i'm sort of like in a like later stage or like a third phase of my running which is really sort of like coming back to running after having had children mm, and obviously now struggling with again how do you fit in the training when you you know you've got to do it all and i think yeah the mindset has changed i think yeah things do change after you know you become a parent or you become a mum And so that's been quite
1: interesting hmm. yeah I find that really interesting because I find that with running you either sort of get that competitive side of you know the people who are really fast and maybe they've been fast their entire lives and they're like running to them is just about doing it for time and doing it in a specific time versus a lot of people I th- I find that I'm seeing online in the running community are now sort of trying to amplify not only sort of like the slower pace and like normal like running at a slower pace, but also like that, that element of enjoyment of running and making sure that you are enjoying running. And I'm wondering, is was there any sort of like, like moment in your mental sort of mindset shift that really, like, capitalize that for you in terms of like shifting from like being really competitive and sort of getting that from your background and your family and growing up with that how did you sort of really shift that into just reminding yourself you know actually I I need to enjoy this if I want to continue doing this long term
0: yeah I mean I think a really good question I think you know when in my sort of early adulthood there is the sort of you know, young Katia who was trying to perhaps, I don't know, I mean, they were obviously my own goals, but because you come from that background, you start, you try and fit into that mould in a way. So you're like, I'm a runner, you know, I've always been a runner, I need to run marathons, I need to hit yeah. a specific pace or a specific time. And that was cool. I think, you know, obviously, even now, I, I still think actually that my best running years are ahead of me and not behind me. So I do have, you know, big goals and, and all that in mind. But I think for me, what changed in my 30s, um, and I'm now in my late 30s, so, so I think... It was the birth of my first child, um, who is now three, and um, I actually had a really traumatic and dramatic birth experience. I'm happy to speak about that, and people can always reach out to me if they if they sort of like you know find this interesting or helpful. But my son, my firstborn, uh, was born with uh, specific disabilities, uh, which was a big shock to the system. First, you know, you become a parent for the first time. So you have absolutely no idea what you're doing. So that's like a first anyways. And a lot of people, quite rightly so, find that quite overwhelming. And I, I did. And I think I would have even without the extra bit mm. um, that came. Uh, but then finding out that your child will have lifelong um, disabilities was a really really difficult thing to find out and sort of like get around uh, with in your head uh, because you know I, I, I knew nothing about parenting let alone parenting a disabled child um, so I think that was where I really struggled with my mental health Um, and uh, I mean I think you could call it postpartum depression that I went through a really difficult time in my life and that was actually exactly the time of the pandemic when a lot of people started running but I was actually stuck at home with a newborn child who had to go to loads Mm. of different medical examinations and interventions and we spent so much time in hospitals and it, it was awful really um and then on top of that i actually then got pregnant again fairly soon after and then i had my my daughter um and obviously with the background of you know the the first pregnancy the second pregnancy was really difficult as well i mean my my daughter didn't have any of those challenges and and she was born perfectly healthy, as they say. But, uh, but then, you know, then I was, then I actually had a two-year-old and a newborn. Well, actually, no, I had an 18-month-year-old and a newborn. and So I think I had probably two years of running because pretty soon after my daughter was born, I think probably six months after, I did return to running. And I think I knew that I had to get back to it because just because running had been part of my life since early childhood, I knew that through running, I can get Time for myself, time to process my thoughts, and um, just you know, fresh air, <laughs> just to leave the house. Um, and it was so much more for my mental health than what it was for my fitness. I was actually lucky in a in a way that uh, physically I recovered super quickly from my pregnancies. Um, so physically I was fine. It was more the sort of like mental side of things that I had to deal with. But I think that was that was a real big turning point for me as to how I approached running you know from the sort of like super competitive you know getting to you know to those paces and hitting those marathon times and and your personal bests and uh, and whatnot Um, actually getting back to getting back to the root of why I love running and just thoroughly enjoying it and i did after my my daughter was born i think the first months or maybe even well it's, she's only she's only 2 now so <laughs> So the, the the months that followed, I think it was just about enjoying uh, being able to run and being super grateful for that, because obviously having the perspective of, of parenting of child who might or might not be able to run, um, just the great, just being grateful about, you know, being physically able to run, which we tend to take for granted. But now I think, I mean, so that's what I try and remind myself of that experience whenever I get sort of like too, you know, competitive with myself or when I sort of like, you know, when you go after your, you know, your session, you might go like, oh, I didn't hit the paces or that wasn't a good session or whatever. You know, we all do that. But then you go and remind yourself that, come on. I mean, you were able to do it. um, And that's, that's something that not everyone is. So I think it really gave me a new perspective in, in running and the sort of like deep gratefulness for it. Mm,
1: that's really beautiful. And it just a really, really incredible connection. I think that's so such an important message just around the privilege of being able to physically just be able to go out for a run every day. I think that that's something that one of my friends who's like injured at the moment, and she had to pull out of her marathon a few months ago, she was saying, you know, whenever she walked, people and obviously injury is just so it's so different to disability but you know people who aren't able to go out for that run and they watch people say complain about like oh the weather is just so bad you know I don't want to go out for a run today or like oh that was such a bad run like at least you do get to run so I think that's so beautiful to connect to
0: that I think that's a brilliant example because so I I'm coming back from injury myself now as well mm. so you know, after my second child, when I started running, obviously, you know, in hindsight, maybe I, you know, did too much, went too quickly, too fast, too much. And yeah, I got a stress, stress fracture in my foot, cuboid stress fracture. So I was, Mm. I was, uh, not running for the past mm, three months, so it was a long period, and now I've been running for a month or two months now, um, and, you know, it's exactly that, you know, the first run that you do pain-free, you go like, I don't even care about my marathon time as long as I'm able to run. <laughs>
1: yeah, 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 definitely. It's, it's, it's funny, because today um, was actually a year since last this time last year, basically, on this day, I got a really bad injury that had me out of running for a few months. And I was speaking to, yeah. yeah, and I was speaking to someone how, like, even when your physio clears you to come back to running there, I think that People don't talk about that. It's almost like a – I think it's more mental than physical, but like trying – like allowing yourself to trust your body after an injury and allow it – like trusting that like, okay, I can run – and I'm not gonna feel that pain in that area and like I think it's like a little bit worrying and I remember when I was doing my first walk runs I almost felt like a little, a little bit of like a pseudo pain but it wasn't actually a pain <laughs> it was so
0: weird <laughs> I've had exactly the same you were like sort of like you know over conscious of any feeling yes. in that area and I'm still in that phase I'm still sort of like when I go out for my run I'm like oh is that is that is that it is it coming back, back? oh no oh <laughs> I think it was actually last week I was running and I was like oh my god I can feel the pain in my foot and then I just kept running and I was like well actually it was the other foot so like it can't be that yeah it's <laughs> surely it's not that one <laughs> yeah, exactly so oh but yeah totally I think it's something that you know takes you takes running away from you so if, if something happens which makes you not be able to run I think that is a learning point it might be an injury it might be something that happens in your life um which just makes running impossible for for well a short period of time i think that really puts things in perspective and just being grateful you know for being then able to return and, and start running again. Um, I think there is something really beautiful in that. So when I when I sort of like hear people obviously complain about their injuries and not being able to run, but knowing that they will get back to running, I'm, I'm sort of like, you know, I would just sort of like encourage people to obviously, you know, make sure that, you know, they get well before they return yeah. and running will be there. I mean, in my life, I've had periods when I've run more, when I've run less. And it changed, but I think it's a beautiful thing because as a sport, at the end of the day, and I know you know, there is loads of things that well, for for a lot of people, this might not always be the case. But from where I come from, in our sort of like cultural and societal um environment, running is an easy sport, and what we mean by that is it's easy to pick up. So basically, what you need is you know, a decent pair of trainers, you know, when you get started, you don't need to invest in, you know, carbon plates, and you don't need that. You need a decent, good mm-hmm. trainers. That's a good. That's a good starting point. And then basically, you know, you just Go out and you do your, you know, start walking a little bit of running, yeah, yeah. and you know, you, 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 you. That's how you start. I know a lot of people might say that it's not that easy because then there are um, cultural aspects to it, and um, and you know, I'm not sort of like you know talking about those, but in my family, where running is ha- and has been hugely encouraged. It is the sort of like easy sport. Also because you don't need to invest in a like a expensive bike or you know, you don't get a membership in, you know, some clubs or whatever. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was speaking to someone or I saw maybe a video on this, but they were talking about how running is probably it's got the easiest or it doesn't really have like that barrier to entry in the way that like, say, a triathlon or an Iron Man does, and like I, I know that you're. You said you're training for your first triathlon. I did my first one last year, and it's like I had no idea that a wetsuit cost that much. People think it's the bike. I think it's the wetsuit. If you look at some of those brands, like I think I saw a Black Friday sale, and it was like, oh, this it's like half off, and it's like, oh, so now it's three hundred pounds. Like, how is
0: that half off? Oh my gosh! But. Yeah. Exactly that. And I think, I mean, you know, a lot of people and I, and I know I'm biased here when I say that running is easy to pick up. It's not for everybody. And I'm sort of like super conscious of that as well. Because obviously, you know, um, being a female runner, for me, mm. has never been an issue because, well, as I said, in my family, both men and women have been runners. So there is nothing and yeah. uh, there is nothing new or, you know, weird about the you know woman running <laughs> um so so from a sort of like a cultural point of view i've always been hugely encouraged um to run and to race and to compete and all of that but that not might not be the case for everybody so there are different sort of like aspects why it might not be that um easy to just start running, especially if you don't have that in your family or, you know, you're the first one to do that. And then, you know, people might ask questions or wonder what what you're doing. Um, but I think uh, obviously in London, as we know, there are amazing communities um, around there and I think they are doing Brilliant job getting more people into the sports.
1: Yeah. Yeah. 100%. There are so many. I can't even think of how many, like you could, I can't count how many on my fingers that I know of just in terms of running clubs, but it really, really is incredible. But now I want to talk about, I want to ask about Stolt. And I want to ask what was, so you spoke about how you used to work in like a corporate job, like an office job, and like sort of how you were balancing the training. I guess when did Stolt as an idea come to you? Did the running back? background that you had growing up? Did that sort of in any way, shape or form feed into that business idea? And sort of when did you make the jump? What are some big highlights and just I guess, like, just share more about the incredible brand.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I think the idea for the business probably came uh, by around maybe 2016, 2017. I was training for my marathon and I was run commuting to the office just, you know, as a way to uh, increase your mileage and get some extra runs in. So I used to do that. And And my boyfriend at the time, he used to do that as well. And we both went like, there are obviously amazing running backpacks out there. um, But what we struggled with, and this was sort of like idea for the product, what we struggled with was, you know, once you get to the office with your running backpack, and then you might have, you know, important meetings to go to or whatever, then the running backpack looks a bit out of place, you know, when you've got your... Your corporate office clothing on, and you're still stuck with your uh, super sporty hiking type of backpack. (laughs) Um, So, for us, that was the sort of like starting point. And I was like, okay, so how would a running backpack look like if it was developed for both? So, running and then, you know, the office style or the looks. And so we started with an idea for a product, and that was the product that we initially created. So I think the idea, we started developing it in 2016. Then with the product development, it takes a lot of time, especially if you don't have the background in a, um, you know, in the industry, just building connections, uh, reaching out to people and um, having a team around you. So we've always worked with backpack designers. So we have a team of designers who technically design a perfect backpack. And then, you know, finding people who can manufacture the product for you. Um, you know, so that that bit took a lot longer than what I expected. And I I would just, you know, I always encourage people to start their businesses. But at the same time, I also say that it will take much longer than what you anticipate. And that goes with everything, you know, not just um, our business, but whatever brand you are building, it will take time. And then we launched in 2018, uh, officially, with the one product. So we only had one product that we launched with. And it wasn't about the brand back then. It was just, you know, we have an amazing product. We did a Kickstarter campaign to raise the first funds for the business. And that's how we got the business going. I'm the type of person, I'm always all in or nothing. So I just basically left my corporate job. And even when the business was definitely still, you know, not there, it wasn't making any money. And but I just felt that I had had a decade in the corporate world. And I felt that, okay, I've done that. Now I want to focus on the startup and get that experience. And obviously, I was in a fortunate situation to to be able to do that you know with some savings and but it was a massive risk regardless um and so I started um and yeah five years we're now five years old and we're still going so I guess and the range the product range is now uh, bigger as well so so it's been an exciting journey but not an easy one Mm -hmm.
1: and so in terms of like when you were building that first backpack the first product were you was it just like the runner that you had in mind like the the katya that's running and run commuting to work did you have her in mind or was there like other sort of elements that also fed into building the product so
0: it was so all our products actually to date still are developed for runners because um so we so it's me and my co-founder, we're both from a running background uh, and we're both runners. So every product that we make starts with making sure that it's ergonomically fit for runners. Mm. And that's the starting point of everything we do. We don't discuss about you know how the product is gonna look like or the aesthetics. We start with the ergonomics, the materials, the paddings, how it fits, how adjustable is is it? And um, um and those kind of considerations. So it was it was really about how do we enable more people to start training for endurance races or marathons specifically. So that was the sort of like the big insight, I guess, in a sense that the insight was that you know with time poor people it's really difficult to fit in your training so how do we encourage more people to pick up maybe run commuting um and then what do you need to do that so yeah. basically with the backpack we try to enable people to to do that um and and that has been the core of the business um, to date as well and when we look at the running industry obviously you can see that there are loads of businesses focusing on the elite runners and the elite athletes and and the maximum human potential and how do we push that further and and all that which is super exciting but then I think there is the sort of much wider question uh, which from a business point of view actually (laughs) might even be a bigger opportunity as well but the question is how do we get more people into the sports and this is not the people who are going to be you know world champions or you know whatnot but this is the everyday athletes how do we get more people to just pick up some running maybe eventually you know enter some races maybe 5k's 10k's half marathons whatever it is um and and with stalled that's really what our focus has been on and still is how do we make the sports more inclusive um and when I say inclusive I mean it's obviously you know it might be the time for people but it also goes down to you know obviously gender age you know your ethnicity your cultural background your you know religion everything and and I think what people sometimes forget when we speak about inclusivity is also the disabled community so so when we plan our communication and our narrative and all that we do take everything into account and we try and be conscious of you know where can we play a role and maybe help people the most.
1: Mm. That's really incredible. That's really awesome. And like me being, I mean, I am a runner and I and I am a distance runner, but I've never been, I'm going to admit that I've never been a run commuter, but obviously, you know, I do have I know I know but I the thing is like whenever I am like commuting to work and I am going to work during the day if I have an office day I do look at like run commuters and I think like oh my gosh like that would save me time rather than like go out for my run come back shower and then go out to work but I think for me sometimes I look at people who are running with like the massive backpacks that are just like moving up and down like there was someone this morning that I saw they look some of their backpacks look like full-on camping backpacks Like, I'm telling you, like, and the thing is, like, I'm the type of person that would probably want to bring, like, that many things and be like, I need to bring a laptop, I need a change of clothes, I need snacks for the day, because after a long run, I'm going to be hungry at work, and I'm that person at work who, like, always has snacks.
0: (laughs) Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? <laughs> I mean, and, and that's, that's a really good point. And that's exactly I mean, I'm not promoting our products, but exactly that. That's what we test when we test our products. So they can't be bouncing up and down. They can't be, you know, swinging back and forth. And um, that's like the the essential. And I admit, you know, when I'm run commuting, and I see other people with other backpacks I always go like nah 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 that's not that's not that's not comfortable that's that's not good and but that's exactly the reason why we start with the ergonomics what's comfortable and how do we make I mean you know It's always best to run without the backpack for sure, you know. But you know, if you want and try and include more, you know, it might not be running, it might be walking to work. You know, for some people, um, it might be cycling to work. Obviously, we've got a lot of cyclists as our customers as well. So so we're just trying to encourage people to basically include more exercise into their daily lives. That's
1: amazing. I feel like I've only recently sort of been learning more. Like last week I was in Germany with Adidas and it we were learning about a new shoe for example and when you hear about like because I work myself my day job is in like technology and so I work on like that product end but when you're talking about like tangible products I find it incredible when I hear about the amount of work the amount of user research and like Every single detail, like down to a T, everything that they think about when building this one product is just incredible to me. So I can't imagine the amount of work and thought and
0: research that has gone into Stoltz. I mean, we just, um, for sure, I mean, it, I, I would say on average, it takes us a year to bring a new product to market and that's not even starting from scratch so now how our business sort of like works is that we have core products in our range and a little bit like apple we sort of like you know bring new editions of that product um well sort of on a yearly basis um and and even those editions they take about a year all the sort of like you know um uh, material sourcing testing, analysis, and then, you know, obviously building the product, then performance testing. So we obviously, you know, test, you know, physically all the products um, and then all the iterations and back and forth with the factory and the designers. It's a year to get a product to the market. So that's sort of like, you know, when people, if people are sort of planning to start their businesses, especially if it's product-based businesses, my one advice would be, as I said before, time it will take you time and it also will cost you more money than what you expected Mm.
1: i'm interested do you have like one piece of like customer feedback or review that was just like your most memorable like I don't know, just like the best one that you've heard in terms of like people that have used Stolt and just like found it incredible, maybe in comparison to like their old backpack that they used to use. You know,
0: as a founder, I think the first moment is when you realize that uh, that people are buying your product. I mean, you probably always remember the first purchase, which wasn't from your mom. <laughs>
1: and you go like oh
0: my god someone's buying my product and and also I mean obviously so we sell a lot of products in London and in the UK but I tend to see our products obviously I live in London so I see them here and whenever I see someone with a stolt backpack I'm always tempted to go to them like we made that backpack (laughs) that's me Uh, I'm not doing that anymore but I think uh, there is that that's that I I don't think it will ever stop not feeling you know amazing um so I think there is that um and yes I think for me the best piece of feedback that we've got is well twofold there is people who go like thanks for making this product I picked up running or I picked up Walking or whatever it is. And I'm like, okay, so that now we've done, Mm. that's our mission. So that's like, you know, we've done a good thing. The second piece of feedback is so we try and make products that last. And when we hear from people who've bought our back in 2018 and they come back to us now, being like, oh, I've still got the old backpack and I'm still running with it every day. And I'm like, that's really good. Um, obviously I mean someone would say that it's not good for the business because our return is um, you know <laughs> it's is not great because people are usually happy with the product for the years to come and um, but I think there is a lot of benefits of that because you know obviously when you are in the textile industry you need to be conscious of your environmental footprint as well and for us the key has been to make products that last and products that don't end in landfills but that's another yeah big topic. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, that sounds incredible. And I love that piece of feedback as well around like people who have literally picked up running like from purchasing your product which is incredible just as like a I guess a closing question and we'll talk about like ways that listeners can find your backpacks buy your backpacks and like learn more about you if you had to give a piece of advice or just a message to someone who either is just starting out and running or maybe they're struggling with making that um, transition between competitive running to just learning to enjoy running what what piece of advice would you give to someone in terms of like how how to just like learn to enjoy running? Well,
0: I don't know if this is an easy advice, but I think it comes down to really understanding why you run, why it's important to you and just to you, not to your family, not to your friends. Why is it important to you? Uh, because, you know, with that, <laughs> you sort of I think once you understand why you run, that makes you stick with running and not because you have to, but just because you can. So if you are just starting out, a lot of people who don't have background in running, I think, well, they always go too fast, first Mm. of all. So they go out and run super fast. Their heart rate is like super high Mm. and they're like, oh, I'm not a runner. I hate running, you know? And I'm like, well, that's because you went too fast. It was just too hard workout for you. And, you know, you will get better at time. We've all been beginners at some point and Obviously, as I said before, during your life stages, at one point you will be faster, you might be slower at some point, and that's fine. So I think with people who start running, I always say, you know, you just need to slow down, and there's nothing wrong with walking, you know, whilst you're out for a run. So you can walk, you know, and that's completely fine. It's still a run. Um, And I think with that understanding, why do you want to start running? For some people, I I mean, of course, it might be to get physically fit or, um, you know, headspace Mm -hmm. or maybe even to get better in running. Um, And all those reasons are valid and and good ones. Absolutely. Um, And I think equally if you are super competitive with your running, because I think that can sometimes, not always, but that can also take away from the enjoyment of running as well. If you are just pushing yourself too hard all the time, especially then, you know, if you don't hit those goals or those targets within a specific time frame, frame, I think it's good to understand why you started in the first place, because with that, even if you didn't hit your personal best this season, you will keep going and you will get there and you will hit it next season. And so I think understanding the why is equally important for the beginners as it is for, you know, the seasoned um, marathon runners.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah, of course. That's great, great advice. And so... Now, me and every listener probably wants to know how to get our hands on a Stolt backpack. What is the best way um, to do so? And if listeners wanted to follow you and just follow you on your own running journey, how can they do that? Yeah,
0: so for Stolt, um, it's stoltrunning.com and Stolt Running across all social media platforms. Um, Just reach out to us. I mean, we're a small team, four people in the team. So it really is a small business. You will always get a personal response from from one of us. Um, I mean, you know, I'm still doing customer service at times as well. So you might get an email from me or it might be from a lovely Daisy who manages our social media accounts. But yeah, just reach out with any questions. Um, We are based in London. We ship all our products from the UK, but we ship globally. So that's thought for my personal running um, journey. So I share updates about my running and exactly I'm trying to figure out how to fit in my training with my family life and with my children. So if anyone is interested in that chaos, (laughs) (laughs) you can can find me across social media platforms. I'm Katya Takala. Um, across all the all the platforms amazing
1: well i'll have all of the details that katya has mentioned in the show notes of the episode and then you can go ahead and use those links and ways to get in touch with katya but i just wanted to say a huge thank you to katya for coming on the podcast it was very inspiring to hear about your background and your story and you know how you came to create stolt running but also just how you maybe do or don't juggle it all (laughs) maybe some some days look better than others I imagine (laughs)
0: but thank you for having me really enjoyed it thank you
1: all right, everyone, that's going to wrap up another episode of the Resilience and Running podcast. I really do hope that you enjoyed it. Huge thank you to Katya for coming on the podcast. As I mentioned, all of her links will be in the show notes of the episode, as well as if you would like to purchase a stolt backpack, you can use the link below and you can use code Resiliency and Running to save some money. Otherwise, I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Bye.